Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to read a passage that you know well, but maybe, maybe you haven't thought of it in a Christmas theme. I don't have my pulpit the whole thing, so I need a third hand up here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, thank you, and you don't even have your antlers on right now, thank you. <laughs> Where was I? And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. For as it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Look at verse 15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. You may be seated for just a moment. This season of giving, this season of gifts, this season of all that has its place in our life so needed. And yet, the beauty is this. It needs to be not just this season, but every day. So I trust that with, once again, the, the great performance that was given to us today that reminded us of sacrificial giving, I want to take just a moment, and I hope the Holy Spirit just puts that indelible mark in your heart and mind right now of truly what happens every single day in our life. And that is the opportunity to give. Every day, we have the privilege of giving words, of giving things, of giving our time, and giving even of our means. Every day, not just Christmas. And again, I don't want to be a Grinch or a Scrooge and take away from the beauty of the privilege of the season that we celebrate. But it's so much more than that. And this scripture couldn't have spoke 
closer to the theme of this play than any other scripture that we could pull out. Everything that you just witnessed is reminding us of what Paul was already reminding us of, of being a cheerful giver. Every day we have that privilege. Every day we have choice. We can either be a, a grump or we can be cheerful. How many of you wants to be married to a grump? How many of you wants to be married to somebody cheerful? How many of you want to work with a grump? How many of you want to work with somebody cheerful? The way that happens is you. That's why you are where you are. Every day we have this privilege. And here's the deal. Every time, without exception, that we give, whether it's a word, whether it's a thing, our time, every time we give, do you realize what we're doing? We're actually, according to Scripture, sowing. Every time. We don't think of that. We're all used to being in church, and we're used to this passage of Scripture being used by somebody telling us the importance of tithing and of giving of offerings, and we want a better offering from it. But here is this great truth that if we can discipline ourselves to this principle, it's going to change your next year. When you realize every day is a privilege, and every day we get opportunities to give. And every time we give, we're sowing. So if I give ugly words, I'm sowing ugly things. And you know what my harvest is going to be? Ugly words right back at me. If I sow good words, even when it doesn't seem to fit in the culture, Everybody else is grumpy. Everybody else is negative. Everybody else is fussing. But you go in and you sow positive words, good words, living words. You are sowing something that can grow and literally change the culture. Every day we have these opportunities. To me, now that I'm older, I value things, certain things more than I used to. I think all of us would admit that. And when it comes to time, I'm definitely one who is much more interested in time management. I'm not willing to waste my time. I'm not willing just to throw it away. Can I hear an amen? And so the opportunities that we have, I don't want to be, in my mind, I, I have this graphic mind, I don't want to be, that person sitting in a nursing home in a rocking chair just fussing and grumbling and even the people working in that service hate coming over to feed me my lunch. If I wind up in a rocking chair in a nursing home, I want to say, can I take care of Mr. Brooks today? You see, I've seen these scenes. Some of you work in services just like that. Those of you in the medical profession, whatever, educators. There are certain people we would rather be around, and it comes back to this. Here's the other thing about it is we have to realize that we're going to sow one way or another, either sparingly or bountifully. If I sow good words sparingly, then randomly somebody's going to say something kind to me. But if I put into motion bountifully, good words, 
I'm going to reap a harvest of good works. Man, this is good, Pastor. This is good stuff. This isn't just seasonal. This is life changing. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands of this, but I wonder if you are miserable of yourself. That you really want to change. That you don't want to just have this horrific wake-up call to change. But in your mind and in your heart, you're like, I really want to be a nicer person. I really want to be a person that other people want to be around. I want to be that guy. I want to be that gal that other people gravitate to. I want to be that person that if something's going on at work, if somebody slips over and says, can I talk to you for a minute? I want your opinion on this. I don't want to hear what they've got to say. I want to know what you've got to say. The only way that happens is you've learned to sow correctly and to sow bountifully, to sow the right words and to do them bountifully, to sow the right actions, to give the appropriate time that things need, people need, and to realize that in our giving, yes, there's the obedience factor, there's the sacrificial factor that comes into play. We have to realize that it's all measured. With the measure we give, it's measured back. How many of you want good things to come back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over? The only way that can happen is that you sow that way. And so it is this thing back to a, being a cheerful giver. And I know we've been in church enough. We know that word, cheerful, in its original form, is where we also get the word hilarious. We want to be a hilarious giver. And sometimes maybe we don't get the right carryover to that because we think of somebody only giving in an offering at church and they come down the aisle just laughing. <laughs> Which I would enjoy, by the way. But it's learning to give hilariously. And here's the better definition. To be overwhelmed as we give. To be overwhelmed. In other words, I love giving. I love sowing correctly. I love the response. I love it when I've given something to someone and it overwhelms them. And it isn't, I wonder how many people will relate to this. It isn't so much that you're waiting for them to tell everybody around them what you did for them. You're just wanting that one-on-one -on -one response when they come back to you and they say your name. You have no idea what you've just done for me. That overwhelming of your spirit, that overwhelming of your own emotions I mean, you're ready to go home and just say, man, today's been worth living. I got to make a difference in somebody today. Their comment was, they thank God for me today. You want to be that person? It's learning how to be that cheerful giver. We got to pray this way. God, help me to learn how hilarious you are and how you overwhelm us. 
God, do something in me that just causes me to think different. Instead of everything around me being dark and negative, let me realize this is my opportunity to be that light. To be that person that shines. It's a great opportunity. It can't get worse. It can only get better. If I join in the cesspool of surroundings, no one's going to know. I've just done what everybody else is doing. But if I stand up for the occasion and shine a light, say the right words, give anonymously, but knowing it's going to have its impact, and learning to give sacrificially. Here's the other thing about giving sacrificially. The play brought it out. It took three or four signs and getting hit in the back of the head for these characters to realize the sign was right in front of me. Cindy, that was a good place for an amen from you. Thank you. Thank you. Because she was only in character form. She's really not that way. No, it is that... I don't want God to send a lightning bolt to hit me in the back of the head before I realize. The way that it happens naturally is I learn to be a giver already, consistently. To start waking up and saying, Lord, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice therein and be glad. What are we going to do today, God? What are we going to get accomplished I don't know who you're going to send my way, but help me to be that cheerful giver. Help me to be that positive person. Help me to be that difference maker person, God. Use me today. And knowing that if I consistently live as a cheerful giver in my words, my actions, my means, then as those times where extra duty is called upon to be sacrificial, it's not as hard. It's Actually, I'm seeking it. I'm looking for it. Because with the same measure that I give, it's going to come back the same measure. In other words, God, I can't outgive you. And I love here as I close out. He reminds us God supplies the seed to the sower. Bread also. So here's the visual. I want you to look at your right hand right now. And I want you to visualize that God is putting seed in your hand right now. Now, here's what's going to happen. You're either going to say, I'm going to close my hand. And I'm going to hold on to that seed. Because God gives the seed, right? And he gives seed to the sower. But if the sower doesn't sow, there can be no harvest. Oh, come on, man, this is good. God has already given it to us, every one of us. What are we doing with it? See, there's other parables that bring out that truth. I could bury it. I'll just put it right there. And I'll have it when I need it. But 
That seeds. How many of you enjoy eating seed? Or would you rather sow that seed and have a nice ear of corn later on? Put some but slather some butter on it. Ooh man! And the person over there reaches in their pocket and they pull the seed out and they're chomping on the seed. I think you'd rather be the person with the ear of corn with butter slathered on. The only way that happens is when you sow the seed. But it even gets better. Because the scriptures remind us that God supplies the seed to the sower. And then he multiplies the seed. The only way he can multiply the seed is for you to sow the seed he's already given you. Well, God hasn't given me anything in a long time, but then look in your pocket and see what you're still storing that he gave you yesterday. But when you've given that which he's given you, and you grasp the truth of this incredible passage, then you realize you're a candidate for more seed. How many remember some people out in a wilderness that would have starved to death and we wouldn't even have known about their ancestry if they had all died out there. But God said, I'm not going to do that. And every day they woke up with a fresh supply of manna. But he told them then, he said, take the manna for today, but don't hoard it. Because tomorrow, that faithful God will supply seed to the sower again. Oh, come on, somebody. Stand with me, will you?